Good morning. What a wonderful day. If you, I was uh, informed by our pastor, Pastor Anthony, that every hymn today has the word wonder. You must understand how difficult it is for me. So today is Laity Sunday, and today we celebrate the ministry of the laity. Laity simple, simply refers to lay people, you and me. Anyone that is not called to the ordained ministry of the church, they are called the, the clergy, they are on the dark side. Because they always wear dark suit. And if you remember our previous PIC, everything about him was black. Is that a Wesleyan tradition, Pastor? No, right? <laughs> so in accordance with good Methodist tradition, a member of the laity will be asked to deliver the sermon on this day. And as you can see, I was the one who was garnered a road. So after I agreed to this preaching duty, our pastors informed me that I was supposed to speak specifically on Trek's theme of the year. And that is wonder. You see that slide. How come my face become green? Eh? <laughs> Wonderful. <clears throat> uh, do I carry on? Should I wait? Ah, okay. Right. Do you have the slide for the track logo thing? No? Okay, I will carry on. But <clears throat> let me see where was I, huh? Okay, so a few sermon passages and topics were given to me and I selected to speak on this topic of God's love. I was thinking to myself, how difficult can it be, you know, God's love? Easy and uh, straightforward, better than uh, the other choices that were given to me. But in the end, I realized not very easy to speak about uh, because, uh, because both the words wonder and love are highly subjective. How you feel about wonder and love and how I feel about wonder and love will be very different. To my wife, maybe there will be roses and wine and dinner. To me, it's please give me time to sit at my couch to have my TV time. So, as the days goes by, I started to go off track and my mind started to wonder what I can speak about wonder. And I went to Google to, for inspiration as any new millennial. And believe me, for once, the internet was not helpful. You have the, the next slide. So you have. Especially when you have Stevie Wonder and Wonder Woman. <clears throat> Thankfully, the Bible is still a good resource with regards to spiritual matters, much better than the internet, I guarantee you. So I believe today we are going to have a great time learning about God's word on the wonder of his love. Let us come before God in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time that we are able to ponder upon this wonderful gift that you have given us. Your love, your son. Though difficult it may be to articulate this deep emotion that you have, may your spirit comprehend it, help us to comprehend the length, the depth, the height of this great love that you have. Help our brothers and sisters today in their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Today's reading is taken from the writings of Apostle John in the Gospel and his first pastoral letter. 
the Apostle John was the longest surviving disciple of Jesus Christ, tradition tells us that John contributed to five books of the New Testament, the fourth gospel, the revelations during his exile in the island of Patmos, and the three Johannine letters in his old age. He was known to be the disciple that Jesus loved dearly, the only one out of the twelve known to have witnessed his crucifixion, the first of the disciples to run to the empty tomb on the day of his resurrection. He was tasked by Jesus to care for Mary after the crucifixion. In ministry, he was considered the inner circle disciple of Jesus and one of the most eminent elders of the early church. John is also known as the apostle of love because the central theme and message of his writings revolve around the love of God in Christ. It is in response to God's love, he says, that we must lead lives worthy of the gospel. In one of our readings today, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, the Apostle John was clearly overwhelmed by God's love. He instructs us to see or to consider the great love of God that the Father has lavished upon us. Different English versions of the Bible translated John's words differently. The older KJV and the RSV had a rather calm translation. In the NASB, it asks us to consider the great love of God. In the NIV, it is the lavish love of God. In the message version, Eugene Peterson translated as the marvelous love of God. How, how are we to understand this great, lavish, and marvelous love? Why is this love that is so great, so lavish, and so marvelous? Someone asked a group of young children between ages 4 to 8, what do you mean by love? What does love mean to you? Rebecca, an AO, says, when my grandmother wasn't able to bend over to paint her toenails because of her arthritis, my grandfather did it for her, even though his hands had arthritis too. Billy, a four-year-old, described love this way. When someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You know that your name is safe in their mouth. A six-year-old foodie expressed love like this. I like this one. Love is when you go to eat at McDonald's and you give people most of your fries, but you don't ask for it back. <laughs> and another little fellow says, Love is what makes you smile when you are tired. The original Greek used here is agape. According to Greek dictionaries, love or agape is affection and an emotion that is based on deep, emotion, deep appreciation and high regard for a person. A genuine affection that is not dependent on past, history, outcomes, or background. It is therefore unconditional, non-judgmental, non-discriminatory. God loves us simply because He cares deeply about our well-being. And this love is available to everyone, no matter who we are, where we come from, what we have done. If someone asks Apostle John today, what is this question? This question, what does love mean to you? He will refer to 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, and say, God is love. I can imagine John running out of adjectives to describe the love of God. To him, God's love is so huge, so big, and so marvelous, beyond description, beyond words, beyond comprehension. That in the end, John ended saying that if you want to know love, you must know the very being and persona of God. You have to know God Himself. God's love 
in the Bible is benevolent, is merciful. Because the Bible tells us that he is always ready to heal the sick, care for the needy, always ready to accept sinners and forgive his enemies. His love is providential because for thousands of years he provided for his creation. He made the land fertile. He fed the animals and gave food to the birds. He made the sun rise each day and sets on time. He causes rain to fall on believers and non-believers alike. His love is shown in his justice. He's passionate about righting the wrong. He stood up to oppression and he wants to set free those who are bonded. His love is in his patience and his persistence. He persists to love when we, his people, continue to sin, to fight him, to disobey him, and when we do not take our Christianity seriously. Finally, God's love is embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. In Jesus, we see every aspect of God's love, his benevolence, his mercy, his justice, his patience, his care, encapsulated in the form of a man. In Jesus, God's love is not just talk, but actually became flesh. In Jesus, God's agape was acted upon as Jesus, God himself, the King of heaven, took upon suffering and death as a payment for all that we have done. The extent of his love is so that we can be called the children of God. Today we have been asked to consider this great, lavish and marvellous love. An apostle declares to us that whoever received Jesus, received Jesus, whoever believes in his name, God has given us the right to become his child. That the Almighty, God himself, said whoever believes in him shall have life. And not just a normal life, a life as a child of God. In Christian theology, this concept is called adoption. We are sinners and because of God's love, we are released from the liability of punishment and move from a status of hostility and alienation to a status of acceptance and favour. Adoption is also practised in Singapore. Every year, the Ministry of Social and Family Development receives 380 applications for adoption. The process of adopting a child in Singapore is governed under the Adoption of Children Act. The adopting parents will have to apply to the family court to formalise the application. And when the adoption order is passed by court, the adoptive parents, uh, the child's legal ties with the biological parents are severed, are cut. The adoptive parents will resume all rights, obligations and responsibilities in the care, nurture and upbringing of the child. In simple terms, once the adoption process is completed, the adopted child has full rights as if a natural child born to the parents. The adopting parents is also then obligated under law to provide all care to the child as if it is their own flesh and blood. This action, unlike marriage, is irreversible. The adopting parents cannot unadopt a child. In marriage, you can divorce. In adoption, you cannot unadopt a child. This is an important change in status and condition for both children and parents. And this change is specific because the law prescribes that the legal responsibility of care of the child rests on the parents, even in a stepchild, stepparent case. The stepparent may have the duty of care, 
for the stepchild, but the primary responsibility continues to lie with the birth parents unless an adoption takes place. This theological concept of adoption <clears throat> is similar to human adoption. When we receive Jesus into our hearts, the Bible says we become God's children. We were previously unloved but are now accepted and loved. We had no rights, no status, and now given full status, full rights, and full care as his children. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, that we become heirs and co-heirs with Jesus. This is a real change in status and condition. God does not love us from afar. He does not want a casual relationship where you and God meet once a week for dinner fellowship or call Him when you need to feel warm and fuzzy or ask for a helpline when you face problems at work. God loves us. He was prepared to take us into His family and put our name, His name on our names to care for us daily for life and put our names as one of the beneficiaries for His vast blessings. He did all this knowingly, fully knowing our historical baggage, all that we have done, all the sin, the good and the bad. In human adoption, it is different. Both child and parent usually do not have the liability of historical baggage, especially when a, a parent adopts a baby. But in God's case, when he took us in, it was with his eyes wide open. I recall a church service I attended when I was a young Christian. The pastor of the church in his sermon declared, As far as I am concerned, I am the most blessed child of God upon the face of this earth. As far as I am concerned, I am the most blessed child of God upon the face of this earth. When I heard that, I felt, this guy is quite a braggart. How could anybody say God loves him the most? What about others? What about you? What about me? I am a child of God too. But later on in life, I come to realize that the pastor was correct. He was referring to how he felt about God and him. God's great, lavish, marvelous love took me from where I was and made me his child. I cannot speak for all of you. I do not know where you come from, but I can speak for myself. I stand here today speaking well-dressed, clean, but this is on the outside. I know myself. I know my history. <clears throat> Who am I that God should bother about me? Who am I that He should even care for me? I know I don't deserve all this from this great God. This is the wonder of God's love. This is Agape. He loves me for no reason, no logic. He could just do away with me, just like a, a used handphone. Destroy me, crush me, and make me pay for all my sins. But knowingly, He chose to love me, chose to be my parent, chose to pay for my sin on the cross. Many years ago, there was a girl. He came gig crashing to a party uninvited. <clears throat> she bought with her a jar and she entered the dining room of the party. She poured out the contents of the jar and began to wipe the feet of the men with ointment and her tears. Using nothing but her hands and the hair of her head, 
the host of the party, a respectable man, was upset. He thought to himself, how can this girl, this lowly person, come to my place and do this to my guest? How can my guest accept such a lowly behavior? We know the story from Luke chapter 7. Till today, nobody knows the identity of the girl. But we know that the man whose feet was washed with tears and ointments was Jesus. What the girl did caused a stir at the party, made the host upset, caused embarrassment. But Jesus ignored all this. His interest was with the girl. That night, he accepted the offering of gratitude from a child of God. The girl with the alabaster jar, the Bible tells us that he was a sinner with many sins. But that night he felt deep, he felt deeply that the depth of her heart was lifted by the love of God. She ignored the eyes and thoughts of everyone around her and couldn't care about social norms. All she wanted was to offer a lavish offering to a lavish and marvelous God. What is our response today to this wondrous love of God? Let us pray. As the pianist plays for us, I'd like to give you some time to respond. You know where you come from. You know the baggage that you carry, the history that you bring. <clears throat> that God Himself came to die on the cross for your sins. That God himself decided to make you his son or his daughter. What is the wonder of God's love? That you are called his son or his daughter. allow you to whisper a prayer to God on your own, in your heart. Tell God how much you appreciate Him. Tell God you want to recommit your life to Him. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your lavish love that you've given to us. Engrave this thought and this truth in our hearts that we may forever know, that we may forever sing of, we may forever declare to the world this wonderful, marvelous, lavish love you have that you made us your child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.